Welcome to my podcast, Only Girl on the Job Site. I'm Renee Beery, an interior designer with a passion for managing construction projects, large and small. My mission is to empower women, both homeowners and interior designers, to manage renovation projects like a pro. My goal in sharing my knowledge and experience from working in the field for the past 29 years will allow you to avoid the mistakes I have seen and go into projects confident and knowledgeable about the industry so that your projects will be as smooth and as successful as possible. The festivities are going to continue with this episode as this is the 99th episode. And if you're just joining, then you missed last week's episode, which marked the second anniversary of this podcast. And next week, that makes it my 100th episode. And there's a lot of excitement building and a lot of things coming your way that I don't want you to miss out on. So if you didn't listen to last episode 98 to hear the story of how this all got started, I recommend you go back and listen to that. Today, we're going to talk about why I do this because I get asked that a lot. And for me, the answer is simple. And so I want to explain it to all of you listening. But at the end of the episode, I'm going to offer an incredible opportunity for one designer. You must stay tuned and listen to this. It is something you don't want to miss. Let's get started. Welcome back to the podcast. I'm glad you're here. Like I said, I think we should just continue the festivities. It's the holiday season. Last week was the second anniversary of the podcast. Today is the 99th episode, and next week is my 100th episode of the podcast. And to say that it is a little overwhelming and shocking and humbling is probably the best way to capture how I'm feeling right now. And these feelings are coming because of the feedback I've gotten from everyone listening and how fulfilling and how important the information that I'm sharing is to each of you. And that is truly goal met, right? Like just, I guess I could stop now and move on knowing that I have shared what I wanted to share. The problem is there's still more to share. And I did in the beginning wonder what in the hell am I going to talk about week after week and a few of my friends asked me, what are you going to talk about week after week? And the reality is, I don't always know. And that's the truth. I do have a schedule. I try to follow it for my team's sake because they like to know what's coming in advance. But then I'll get a call with a designer or something will happen on a job site. Or I'll just have a random thought and be like, oh, I got to cover that. This is important for people to learn. And so I will say there can be some haphazard moments, but I think those episodes are probably one of the most valuable because they're so in the moment and so relevant to what's going on. While I will admit you may not know what's coming, as I don't always know what's coming, but it will be relevant to managing renovation projects for clients because that is the entire purpose of this podcast. Now, I know I have homeowners still listening, and I think that is incredibly smart of you because there is so much you can be learning, listening to how designers should be managing, because if you are not going to be hiring a designer, which, by the way, I would highly encourage because they are someone you can lean on and allow yourself to enjoy the project more than you would if you were 
in the day-to-day management of your own project. But I understand that that's not always in the cards or you can't find someone that you feel comfortable hiring. And so you will learn along the way, just like the designers are learning as we discuss all of these topics week after week. But what I get asked a lot, actually, not just in the beginning, was why do I do this? Why am I, quote, giving it all away? And I hear that a lot. And the irony of it is it doesn't feel like I'm giving away anything. To me, what this podcast represents is my ability to pay it forward. Now, my career path had an old school look to it. I went to graduate school for interior design. I worked for designers while in school, and I continued working until today. That, I realize, is not a traditional path anymore, and that's okay. Now, I'll admit, because I'm always honest with everyone, for a long time, I was upset about that. I wanted people to get the education I got. I wanted people to work their way up the ranks the way I did, from sales girl to librarian to junior designer to designer to senior designer to owner. I saw the incredible knowledge I obtained at each of those levels, and I thought that that was the only way to succeed in the business. Now, with age comes wisdom, right? And I hope people are laughing along with me. I have realized that that is not the case. And that is not the case for so many designers out there. And that's okay. But what I have realized and why I am doing this podcast is there are some gaps in knowledge that I was fortunate enough to learn along the way. So to me, again, this is paying it forward to the women I worked for and under and learned so much from. I don't have an enormous design staff. I could never reach and therefore teach the same number of designers by having a team that I can with having this podcast. So that's why I'm, quote, giving it all away. I don't feel I'm giving away anything but the skills that I was taught, honed, and lean on every day. And frankly, I know if you've been listening, you know how I feel about my industry. It is an incredible profession that doesn't get the credit it sorely deserves. And I have worked my entire career to put a professional face forward. I have worked my entire career to elevate the profession in any way I can. And this platform, this podcast gives me another way to elevate our profession. So if one of you listening, here's a best practice that I use and utilize it on their own site and the contractors and the team respond to you as a professional That is a win for me. That is a win for the industry. And that is a win for all the other designers out there trying to manage renovation projects and be the only girl on the job site. So I believe we're all in this together. I believe after hearing from so many of you that we all feel the same way. We are all trying to elevate this industry, not only because This is what we do for a living and who doesn't want to be treated professionally, but so that we are seen as someone who is sought after by architects and contractors and, of course, homeowners when they are planning their dream projects. 
we want to be seen as a go-to resource for success. And that is what my goal is with this podcast. So let me back it up. I am going to tell you about three women in particular that I worked for over the years and what I learned from them and how I implemented those items into every single job from the moment I learned them to today. And why it is important for me to share, you'll probably recognize some of the stories because it is almost impossible for me to discuss things that don't involve the lessons I learned from the women I worked with in the past. So a million and a half years ago, while I was in design school, I was lucky enough to work for Charlotte Moss in New York City. I was way low on her totem pole, but she treated me as a team member. That stuck with me immediately. I was 23, 24 years old. I was in design school. I had worked for a designer as a senior in high school. So I, you know, felt I knew what I was doing, but knew damn well I knew nothing about what I was doing. It was heady times. It was the early 90s. Money was flowing like water in New York City, and Charlotte Moss was hotter than hot. I can't tell you how exciting it was to just be in that orbit and watch the more skilled and seasoned professionals around me in her firm. But what I learned from Charlotte was the level of service that should be given to every project, every team, and every homeowner. And when I say level of service, I mean high level of service. It did not matter what the request was, when the request came in, and what it would take to get the request done. It was, sure, I'll get it done. Now, don't get me wrong. We were never abused. We were never bullied into things. These were high-level business people in New York City. They had expectations that most people didn't have in life, and we were challenged to meet them. And we did. I watched her team meet every challenge. I supported those team members to get to those levels. And along the way, I realized how critically important high-level service can be, regardless of the industry, by the way. I mean, can't we apply that to almost anything in life now? I mean, the quality control, the level of customer service has completely bottomed out. So if you want to take a tip away from this today, Offer a high-level quality service, and you will stand out amongst pretty much anyone at this point. And that was one of the first lessons I learned while I was still in school. Now, the other lesson I learned from Charlotte is details. It's all about the details. And again, I would sort of, you know, oh, sure, yep, 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 details, yep, got it. And then I would watch the details unfold, and it was mind-numbing. Now, keep in mind, this was when she was doing a lot of the English country designs, and there are just endless details. There's trim, and then there's tape, and then there's this, and then there's that, and there's finish levels. There's, I mean, she had so many details. It was spinning. It would spin your head trying to look at it all on paper. And yes, again, I'm going to age myself. This was on paper because we didn't have the internet back then. This was the early 90s. Those were the kinds of things 
that really were impressed upon me. And quite frankly, she didn't care whether it was details on a sofa in the living room or whether it was details in a back room that might be used by the nanny. Details mattered no matter where they were because it elevated the design. It allowed for that custom feeling that the clients hired her for. And I paid attention. Now, the one thing that I learned from Charlotte, which I will say I do regret, is how to properly fit a lamp with a lampshade. And the reason I regret learning this is it kills me when I walk into anywhere and there's an ill-fitting lampshade. I mean, she's ruined me, quite frankly, because she would go through painstaking detail showing us how to properly fit a lampshade on a lamp. And it's all about the harp and the risers, getting the right amount of space between the top of the lamp and the bottom of the harp. And I mean, it's, it's crazy. But again, it went to her level of detail. The amount of time and energy that was put into projects was truly amazing. And I paid attention. So with Charlotte, as you can imagine, I did mostly decorating with her. But those lessons can be applied to any renovation job, right? You want to go to that next level of detail and provide a high level of service. It really doesn't matter what it is you're producing, whether it's a piece of custom furniture or whether it is a new mudroom. There is opportunities to elevate any design, any project you're on by focusing on details. So the next woman I worked with was named Betty Sue Cambry, and she owned Design South back in Wilmington, Delaware. I left New York for about a year and a half and worked in this very small firm for this dynamo. She was incredible. I didn't realize, actually, at the time when I was working with her, how incredible she was. She did both commercial and residential design. And frankly, that is where a lot of my HVAC systems and reflected ceiling plans and more of the technical side to my brain that I apply to my projects came from. We did things from banks to luxury homes. And it was really cool to balance those two very different worlds, but apply a lot of the same knowledge from the commercial world into the residential world and really understand how the placement of vents in a commercial installation could impact how we recommend them being installed in a residential home. And so she taught me to blend those two worlds because this doesn't come as a surprise. Typically, those worlds don't blend. And because she had a small enough firm, she was able to do both high-end residential and small commercial. Now, her background had been in bigger commercial work. So she had missed the residential side, the more, quote, fun side of the interior design world. So she went out on her own, hired a couple of designers, and we started doing a blend of the two sides of our industry. It was a very technical education for me because she was still hand-drawing. I had been taught to hand-draw. That was probably the last time I did so much drafting. And it really is, for those of you who haven't hand-drafted projects, it is an exercise I highly recommend. 
because it makes you think through every single line. And that line means something in life. That line is not just a line. That line is a wall or a piece of molding or a floor or a vent or a light. And it really does connect you with that end result when you're actually drawing it out. And to this day, when I get frozen on a project, I will actually get out. I have a small drafting board that I can put on a table and I will start drafting because it makes my brain think about it in a different direction. And I'll tell you what, it always breaks the block I'm having and a beautiful result comes out of it. The other thing Betty Sue taught me was how you work with a commercial team and a commercial client versus a residential client. And it is a really different experience. And frankly, one I didn't thoroughly enjoy, which is why we'll get into in a minute, I went back into high-end residential. But you take a lot of the emotion out of meetings when you are meeting with a law firm right? There's usually a small group of, say, the partners, and they are more worried about the budget, the colors, and the timing. That's it. There's no emotion in it. They're not, you know, integrating their kitchen and their family room and wondering how Thanksgiving will be handled in this, right? They're just not on that level. So, while some people seek that out because you take the drama out of it, I have to admit, and this is probably not a good thing, it's not that I'm attracted to drama, it's that I'm not afraid of the drama. And so to me, commercial work was really interesting and I learned a whole lot from it, but it isn't something that I would want to do day in and day out for the entirety of my career. Now, I know a lot of you listening are doing commercial work as I've heard from you, and I would love to know your experiences today versus the late 90s when I was working with Betty Sue, because at that time, we did a lot of law offices, small bank branches, and actually a few developers, mid-size commercial buildings. So yes, I put some people in cubicles. And for that, I do apologize, because even at the time, I knew it was really wrong. And who would want to work in a cubicle? But again, I learned about modular furniture and how it all went together. But that information bleeds into other areas that I'm working in still today. So as I mentioned, I left commercial work behind and I went back to New York and went headfirst into residential design. And I was really, really fortunate to work with a woman who at the time I had no idea how incredibly talented she was. I became the senior designer for Barbara Halbin Ross, and she was the preeminent art deco designer in New York City in the late 90s. And she was badass. Like she really was ahead of her time. She fought hard for women's rights. She was ahead of her time. She started her business on her own long before women were doing that. She was doing construction management with the top pies in New York City, toe-to-toe, never took no for an answer. She was great. And I remember the interview like it was yesterday. And to be honest, I saw an ad in the New York Times in the Help Wanted section for a senior designer at a high-end residential firm. And that's how I called her. I kid you not. I mean, this is back in the day where that's where you would find job listings. And I walked into this funky office on 52nd Street. 
And this little yappy dog comes running towards me, and I adore dogs, so that I instantly calmed down because I, of course, started playing with the dog. And this woman came around the corner. She said, you must be Renee. And again, it was this confidence. It was this high-level service that she came forth with that all the women that I had been lucky enough to work under all had in common. She was so confident. She whisked me into her office. We talked all about design. We talked about my background. And she said, well, how do you feel about the color gray? And I just froze. I'm like, um, it's great. Now, keep in mind, I had been working for the likes of Charlotte Moss. I had been working in Wilmington, Delaware. This was the 90s. It was all about color and preppiness and English country and French florals and I thought, gray? I needed the job. I was really intrigued by this woman. So I said, I love the color gray. And in my head, I thought, I'll figure it out. How hard could it be? Okay, people, let me just say, when you are working in Art Deco, Shades of Gray is not a book. And Shades of Gray is serious. It is extremely hard to do any design when you're only working in about three or four sheets on a fan deck of any paint company. It is really awesome. Now, at the time, I found it incredibly intimidating, but then she took me under her wing. She taught me what she knew, and I found it incredibly challenging and fulfilling when we nailed it. Now, Barbara was really cool. She was incredibly connected in the city. Our clients were high-level business people from all walks of life that she knew personally. And the greatest part about it is it didn't intimidate her that all of her clients, and I mean 90% of her clients, were in her friend group. And maybe not her close, close friends. We did work for them as well. But in her friend group. Now, I work with friends now, and I find it very intimidating because I know I want to give an even higher level of service, which I'm not even sure is possible. But the project she was running was where her client would be buying the apartment above or below or left or right. We'd be blowing through, taking it all as one space. But now we've got two kitchens and two back entries with an elevator here and an elevator there. And we got a bathroom random over here now. And we had to reorganize the entire space to make it one home again. And it was awesome. I'm not going to put it any other way. I still look back. Keep in mind, this was the late 90s in New York. Money was flowing. It was really an amazing experience that I didn't even fully appreciate while I was doing it. And yet I knew what I was doing at the time was pretty cool. I think back now and I just pinch myself and wonder if it really did actually happen because of the things we were exposed to, nothing was off limits. Really, we could just dream up anything we wanted. We had the resources to take care of it, and we would just move through, and the client would love it. But these women, they taught me along the way from high level of service to standing your ground to being honest and transparent with not only the client, but the contractors how to integrate knowledge from the commercial side into the residential side, integrating construction work, what goes on behind the walls, how that impacts furniture placement inside the walls, and everything in between. Now, these women, they didn't have to teach me all of this. 
but they wanted to share their knowledge so that I could grow as a designer. And I have to be honest, Barbara approached me to take over her firm. And I was incredibly honored that she would choose me over a few of the others to take over her business. Now she wanted to retire and spend time with her husband. It all made sense. And unfortunately, she suffered a tragedy and her husband died suddenly and she could no longer retire. And that alone is how Davigny Design was born. Because at that point, the knowledge I had learned from Charlotte and Betty Sue and Barbara and the several other women I worked with in between, I was ready to take flight. She just wasn't able to offer me the firm that I thought I would manage. So that's how this all came to be. And I know that all three of those women would be thrilled for me to be paying forward everything I learned under their guidance to all of you, because there is nothing they would want more than our profession to be seen as a high-level profession, because they also dedicated their lives to the interior design profession. So am I still giving it all away? I sure hope I am, because that is my goal, because I don't see any of you as competition. I see you as colleagues, and I want you all to take that to heart in your own towns, in your own practices. There is enough business for all of us, and we are stronger together than we are apart. So that's my why and what I will continue to do week after week for as long as you're willing to listen. So I did hint that there was going to be something special at the end of this episode, and this really is something I am thrilled to be offering. Next week is my 100th episode, and I have a really exciting interview to share with each of you. I think you will love this interview. I've already, it's already in the can. I've listened to it. It's really meaningful, and I want to make sure you check that out next week. So that I want to be special. It's my 100th episode, a really amazing interview. So speaking of giving it all away, What I want to offer one of you is free access to my course, Renovation Management for Interior Designers. It is a step-by-step guide of all of the best practices, lessons, stages, and steps that I utilize on every project that I learned from all of these women that came before me. It is truly a game changer to add or boost renovation management services for your businesses. And I want you to have the strongest footing possible in order to do that successfully. Think of it as your fast forward button to get all of the information that took me decades to learn. And hopefully you will avoid some of the mistakes I learned along the way and be ready to take on client renovation work in 2023 like a boss because it is possible. So in order to get free access to the course, all you need to do is rate and review the podcast. Take a screenshot of it, email it to me at renee at before midnight Eastern Standard Time on November 28th. And I will pick one lucky winner and announce who gets free access to this course. 
Now, the greatest part about this course is it's filled with designers. There's a community inside the course where questions can be asked, concerns can be covered, wins can be celebrated, and it's something that I am adding to as topics come up. Because if you're doing any renovation management now, you know that no two jobs are alike and things will continue to come up. And I'm happy to add to the course as needed to give the most support possible to all of you. So again, you can win free access to the course, Renovation Management for Interior Designers, by rating and reviewing the podcast, take a screenshot of it, and email it to me before midnight Eastern Standard Time on November 28th, because my 100th episode comes out on Tuesday the 29th. I can't wait to announce this professional life-changing experience. It's truly a game changer for your business and will set you on a path for success in 2023. So until then, I can't thank you enough for your time today, for listening, for checking in with me, and sharing your stories. And I look forward to our next time together. Thank you for listening today and feel free to join me on social media at Davinia Design in order to stay up to date on the latest happenings in my construction world. There is more detailed information on my website for my signature courses for both homeowners and designers, as well as other material to help guide you through a successful renovation project. Make sure to follow my podcast so that you get notifications of new episodes so you don't miss a tip. If you enjoyed this episode, spread the word, leave a review, and tell your friends who are starting or are mid-project. And thank you again for listening today.